Welcome to Lady in the Couch, a podcast about mental health and well-being, relationships, and topics specifically related to it. I am your host, Autumn Collier, a licensed psychotherapist in Atlanta, Georgia. Let's have a seat on the couch. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. So for today's topic, we have Ask Autumn. This is where a listener writes in with a question or topic that they want discussed on the podcast. So we have a question sent in by one of the listeners. Thank you so much. And for today, we will just refer to her as M. So here is the question. We'll dive on into the topic. Hi, Autumn. I have depression and thankfully it is well managed. However, there are times when I feel more down than other times because I obviously have depression. My family does not understand my depression. They often say things like, just cheer up, or what do you have to be depressed about, which doesn't help my depression. How can I explain to them my depression so they can understand? All right. So thank you so much, M, for writing in this question. I think this is a really important question, and I think there are many folks listening who may have a similar question as yours as well. So thank you so much for this question. So this is actually a pretty common phenomenon. And, you know, sometimes family members are close ones not to fully understand the mental health diagnosis we may have been diagnosed with. And unless you work in the field of mental health or experience it yourself, you do not fully understand it. And it may be difficult for someone to empathize with the idea of someone close to them having a mental health disorder. So I want to talk a little bit more about depression first for our listeners, just to give an overall education about depression and what it is. And I'll try to do this briefly um, so that everyone has a good idea of what depression is clinically. So the clinical term for depression, we just you know say depression, but the clinical term is actually major depressive disorder commonly known as depression or clinical depression. So for today, you'll hear me refer to it as, I may say, MDD, major depressive disorder, or I may say clinical depression or depression. I'm using all those terms interchangeably. However, the true clinical diagnostic name for it is major depressive disorder. So depression significantly impacts a person's day-to-day by creating disruptions in their social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. So it causes a significant disruption to someone's life, to their day-to-day. To be diagnosed with major depressive disorder, there are a series of symptoms occurring during a two-week minimum period, lasting most of the day, almost every day during that two-week phase. So there is an episodic. It is episodic. There is a depressive episode that lasts at least two weeks and the individual is experiencing depressive symptoms more days than not and mostly all day during that two-week period. And two weeks is typically the minimum. So someone may say, you know, I'm depressed and let's say they don't have a prior diagnosis or anything like that. And they may just have, we'll say, how long have you been this way? Well, it was just yesterday and today I'm feeling better. But they may say, well, you know, yesterday I was depressed. Well, they just probably had a tough day or a sad day. True clinical depression is significant and it is pervasive. It really seeps into your life, into your day to day, into your, you know, your social life can be disrupted. Occupational, so that could be, 
your work life or for students, their student life is significantly disrupted or other areas of functioning could be home life if you're a parent or whatever that may look like. So it, it is significant and it's more than just the blues or having a sad disposition or just being down. It is disruptive. So while each person experiences depression differently, there are some common symptoms. Some of the common symptoms include, and these things are also criteria to major depressive disorder, but some of the common symptoms include diminished pleasure in all or most activities, especially things you maybe once enjoyed or that would typically give you pleasure. So if it's a thing where you look forward to going out to eat with your girlfriends and, you know, during an episode, you may not want to do that. Or during an episode, you may just want to be by yourself and isolate. That is very important to note. So it is diminished pleasure in things, especially things you once enjoyed. Another common symptom includes insomnia or hypersomnia. And insomnia is being up all night, not being able to sleep or hypersomnia that is excessive sleeping. So we're looking at very little sleep, just kind of up throughout the night or oversleeping. This person may be sleeping 14 plus hours a day or well beyond that. They may just kind of stay in bed all day. Changes in appetite. Typically, this will look like a decrease in appetite, even to where some folks may lose weight. And there are times where it looks like increased appetite. So, you know, kind of that emotional eating where the depression may cause you to want to eat more. And typically that more would be things like your sugary, sweet, carb foods. Changes in movement, such as less activity or feeling restless, the person may actually look just kind of slow down. Then there's fatigue or loss of energy. Fatigue is that feeling tired or drained despite getting adequate sleep. Feelings of worthlessness, diminished ability to think or concentrate. The person may be easily distracted or they may be very indecisive, not able to really focus or concentrate on things. And then another common symptom, as well as criteria for MDD, is suicidal thoughts. These are thoughts of wanting to harm yourself or end your life. So those are the common symptoms for depression. And again, everyone experiences depression differently. However, those are some common symptoms and even criteria for depression. So something important to note is that depression is not a choice. It is not at all a choice. And depression is also not something that we have to suffer in silence about. There are many treatments for depression. So depression is one of, if not the most common mental disorders, and fortunately, it is very treatable. Depression does not have a single cause, and oftentimes, you know, individuals, we want to attribute something or a reason for the depression. And so sometimes when family cannot pinpoint a reason for the depression, it really baffles them as to how or why you become depressed, hence you know, they may say things like, well, what do you have to be depressed about? Because they are looking for a tangible, obvious reason for the depression. And that also makes it difficult for them to then empathize because they can't see it. So it doesn't seem real. Or they may think that it is something totally within your control and that you are choosing this. Depression can be triggered by a life crisis, physical illness, or something else, or even spontaneously. Some scientists believe several factors contribute to depression, such as trauma, 
genetics or even just life circumstances. Life circumstances might be having a child or it could be marriage or divorce, things like that. As I mentioned before, depression is very treatable. And some of the treatments include psychotherapy, which is your talk therapy with a therapist, a licensed therapist. could be medication, which could be prescribed by a psychiatrist or a medical doctor, and as well as exercise. Um, exercise, Exercise is a really good tool to use to treat depression in terms of prevention and also helping to alleviate some of these symptoms of depression and have mild improvement of the depression. Exercise won't cure depression, but it can definitely help alleviate some of the symptoms or boost mood, even if it's just short term. All right. So I know I went through that definition of depression. I really wanted everyone to kind of understand what we're looking at here as it relates to depression and to really emphasize the idea that depression is not a choice and that there is a difference between just having the blues and having actual clinical depression. So M, back to your question. We've defined it, so I want, we define what depression is, so I want to get back to your question, which is ultimately, how can I explain my depression to my family so that they can understand? I believe that one of the best things we can provide is psychoeducation or education about the mental disorder. So I think that could be a great starting point to provide your family with some education about depression. So here in our practice, you know, in our treatment with clients, one of the first things we like to do is explain their diagnosis. Let's say their diagnosis is depression. So we want to explain their diagnosis and we pretty much do it just as I did in this episode, really explain depression from a clinical sense so that they understand what it is. And we want them to know and understand because, you know, knowledge is power, right? So we try to educate our clients on the diagnosis so that they are equipped with the knowledge about their diagnosis and better able to understand what it may require to treat their diagnosis and to get it to a place where it is very manageable and without significant disruption to their day-to-day. So I suggest you maybe try to educate your family M about your diagnosis if you feel comfortable to do that. And if not, if you don't feel like you would be best suited to educate them about depression, then maybe you can provide them a resource where they can find literature about depression. Um, A great tool that I'll throw out is NAMI, N-A-M-I, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. You can check out their website. They have a plethora of information. NAMI is really great because not only does it provide just education and information about mental illness, they also have workshops or courses and groups for families and support systems of those struggling or that have mental illness. So that is a really nice support that you can suggest to your family as well, NAMI. And when you say family, that your family doesn't understand, if by family you mean biological family as opposed to spouse, so maybe like parents, siblings, aunts, uncles, cousins, then I suggest that you also discuss with your family your family history. I can almost guarantee that you have this diagnosis of depression, there is a family member somewhere in your family tree with depression. They may not have called it depression or they may not call it depression. They may call it something like a nervous breakdown or something like that, but it is likely there. There is a genetic component with any mental disorder. So I would even, you know, if you're comfortable, discuss your family history. Quite frankly, I think everyone needs to discuss 
family history in terms of medical and mental health with their family so that you know what runs in your family tree. When you go to the doctor, oftentimes they ask about your family history from a medical stance. And I'll actually also say that many doctors nowadays, when they want your family history, they also have mental health disorders listed as well. So that is something that you want to know anyway. So if you haven't already discussed your family medical history, then I suggest you do that and have that include mental health or mental disorders. Because again, you having this diagnosis of depression, I could almost guarantee it is also somewhere within your family tree. The thing is too, because we can't necessarily see it, see it in air quotes, mental health is oftentimes disregarded and minimized as something that you can control. So if you were to tell your family that you had high cholesterol, it's funny, they would probably say something like, well, yeah, your daddy has it or or your auntie has it. So it's not that surprising that you have high cholesterol. But when it comes to things like mental disorders, they're not as graceful about it. So I definitely think going through the family history about medical and mental disorders could be helpful. And maybe even shed some light to the family that, again, this is not by choice. I didn't necessarily, I didn't choose this. I didn't choose to have depression. Next thing, if your family is supportive and truly wants to support it's just that they don't quite understand depression, then maybe you can give them tangible ways to support you. They may not understand depression or exactly what it is or how it always affects you. And they could love you tremendously and want to support and want to be helpful. And I would hate for their lack of understanding to be the barrier to you getting the support from them, especially if they can support it just, especially if they are capable of supporting. So, Something you may want to do is giving them the tangible ways to support. This might look like while you're experiencing a depressive episode, reaching out to them to say, hey, during this time, can you reach out to me a little bit more? Or during this time, can you ask me to go for walks? Or during this time, can you maybe come visit me a little more? Or whatever that may look like. So while they may not fully understand Depression, they may be able to offer support in those ways. Their response could very well be, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll call you. Or yeah, 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 let's go. Let's go for a walk or let's go eat or come on over. They very well may be able to do those things. And those are things they can do even if full understanding of depression is not there because it's their company and the engagement that you're looking for during that time. The next thing you can do is communicate, communicate, communicate. So we're talking about educating our family. It is best to communicate and educate while we are not in an episode. So when your mood is back to baseline, and I often say baseline with my clients, that is your typical mood, your content, typical mood, free of significant symptoms. So when your mood is at baseline, that is a really good time to educate your family about either depression and or maybe communicate some of the things you might need while you're in an episode. And also while you are in an episode, it will be helpful to communicate with your support system that you're in an episode and that your full capacity or you at your full capacity won't be showing up. So that might be, let's say, if you're you're talking about your family doesn't understand, if we're talking more so spouse, then that might be letting your spouse know that right now it appears that I'm in a depressive episode. So the full me, the me that washes five loads of laundry a week is not showing up. 
So maybe we can expect one or two, if that. So really just communicating when that episode is present so that others can also be aware and have some compassion and show you grace around it. So we've talked about some psychoeducation or educating the family about depression, the diagnosis of depression, or connecting them to a resource that can. Also discussing family history. If they want to support, maybe giving some tangible ways that they can support. Communicating while in an episode that you are in an episode and won't be at your full capacity. Another thing we can look at, and you know, I know the question is, how can I get my family to understand? Another way to maybe reframe this is to possibly change the expectation that your support system has to understand. So while having someone's understanding is ideal, we all, you know, at the end of the day, we all just want to be understood. So I do recognize that it is extremely important and meaningful to have someone's understanding. That is ideal. However, having someone's understanding is not necessary on your journey towards wellness. We definitely don't want that to disrupt your own wellness. As I mentioned earlier, they may not understand and they still love you and may want to support or want to help. So I think instead of expecting to have their full 100% understanding, maybe we can look more so at, do I have their support? Are their actions helpful? Are they able to help support me in tangible ways? I think that can be looked at as important as opposed to just their understanding. So maybe reframing the expectation that they have to understand to more so, do they support? Are they able to support me as needed? And the last thing to maybe think about Or the last thing I want to add to this, to the question is to show yourself and your family a lot of grace. So show yourself grace around the idea that they may not grasp the whole concept of your depression and what it is or how it affects you. And it is also not your responsibility to make them understand. So show yourself grace around that. You know, I don't want you running yourself ragged, trying to figure out what other way can I make them understand? How can I make them understand? That's not necessarily your responsibility. And also, I implore you to show them grace, show your family grace around the idea that they maybe cannot fathom depression because they do not experience it. And that is okay. This was just not a path on their journey. And that's okay. So a lot of grace to go around. And we also hope that they show you grace when you are experiencing depression. So we really just want to throw tons of grace on this. And we're talking about, especially if you consider this family to be your support. So we want to throw tons of grace, throw it around, all around you to them, them to you. Just keep pouring grace all over it. All right. So just to summarize again, a couple of things to answer the question, how can I explain my depression to my family so that they can understand Education is key. A great resource to check out is NAMI. Talk about your family history in regards to medical and mental health history with your family. And I'm pretty sure that a history of depression is somewhere in there. If your family is supportive and wants to support, they just maybe don't understand depression. That's okay. Try to give them tangible ways that they can support. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Try to educate them while not in an episode about depression. And while you're in an episode, please communicate that with your support system, with your loved ones, so that they can definitely pour grace on them and expectations can be shifted in terms of what to expect from you while in an episode. 
We can look at changing the expectation around the idea that they have to understand. We want to reframe or redirect that expectation of them having to understand to can they support or are they supporting me? And then lastly, show yourself and your family tons of grace. We want to just see grace poured all over this. All right. So M, it is great that your depression is well-managed. Stay in treatment if you're in treatment. Stay in treatment as recommended by mental health professionals and keep thriving. I hope this all works out uh, with you and the family. And I hope that this was helpful for you. Feel free to follow up with me via email to let me know how it all turned out or how it's going. So thank you again for writing in with this question, M. If you have a question or topic you would like discussed on the podcast, please email us at hello at ladyinthecouch.com or you can message us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Our handle is Lady in the Couch. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Lady in the Couch. Feel free to share this episode with your friends on all of your social media platforms. If you are in the Atlanta area and seeking therapy, visit ladyinthecouch.com to learn more. The content in this episode is not intended to diagnose or treat. It is for informational purposes only. Please note the Ask Autumn segment on Lady in the Couch podcast does not infer a client-therapist relationship.